You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Hey, what do you say? Here we go. It's a Monday podcast for you as we've gotten back into the winter, which is awesome because it's freezing out. Al Dukes, what's up, man? It's a Monday. How are you? Uh, good morning, Jerry. Our story from last week of uh, revenge, the revenge prank company that will send your enemies chocolate penis um, candies. Yeah. Although not really revenge. I'd love the chocolate. You know, any chocolate. Re- watch is, yourself. Let's relax. Any chocolate is delicious if you know that, you know, it's safe to eat. But uh, this company who sends your enemies a chocolate penis, that story got new life when Eddie played a clip at the very end of Boomer and Geo. And it got to one uh, older woman who was listening quite angry. So uh, buzz, no buzz, Jerry, the chocolate penis revenge story. Oh, I think Buzz. How could there not be? We got segments out of it, and we got fun drops. And I got another one, too, for you. Oh. Your your boy Connor, who yes. you're, you're his uniform. Did he send you this about the other thing that you can do? You can send penis confetti. Penis confetti as uh, to an enemy, so when they open the box, it explodes Correct. confetti in the shape of penis? It's it's 20 bucks. I like that And one. you basically get a plastic penile thing mm-hmm. and it explodes with confetti yeah i don't want anything if it's going to harm somebody in a package i don't think this would no this is confetti this is like hey it's yeah. new year's eve hey plus you know that's what this is and then you realize that the confetti is in the shape of a penis i and didn't like, say mm. that i did not oh. say that i said it's confetti no the confetti is in the plastic penile apparatus Ooh, so it shoots out confetti correct regular shaped confetti, confetti. Yes. So no Which one's generally get Jerry. Hurt. Confetti generally is in a very tiny square shape. Yes, it's little uh, paper shreds. Yeah, paper shreds. So no one's getting hurt. Okay, that's good. I don't want anyone getting hurt. That's why I like a chocolate penis. While odd, and you question who sent the chocolate penis. Would you roll the dice and eat it or no? <laughs> Maybe depends on what company makes it. Again, and if it was if prepackaged, you would eat it. Mm, like maybe. if it was just in no box other than the box that it was shipped in? I'm not no. sure. I mean, like, if it's what? coming, like, would you eat candy from Spencer's? No. All right. Well, that's where I think this stuff is right. coming from. I don't think it's coming from the Hershey factory or Lint right. or Ghirardelli. Could you imagine you go to the Ghirardelli in San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> Here's our line of chocolate dildos. <laughs> we used to just serve our chocolates in squares. We've decided to fun shapes like penis. Right. So, whatever. Russell it's... Stover collection. <laughs> now, that would be funny. <laughs> and, that, and that I would have. The Whitman's but... 
penis sampler. <laughs> Whitman's. That's great. Uh, that is that is a classic around Valentine's Day, the Whitman's oh, yeah. chocolate. That's true. I Did you ever to go hate- to Hershey, by the way? No, I've never been to Hershey. Boy, I tell you, they have, I mean, the park is what it is. I mean, you're not going to want to go there as an adult without kids, but the the Hershey factory is something to see. It's pretty wild, and the store is awesome. Oh, my God. You're not kidding. It's pretty good. I always liked, like, either one of them. I know Whitman's sampler had the, like, diagram on it, which would tell right. you which what each chocolate was. Right on and the I inside think- flap of the box. Yeah, sometimes you would get not Whitman's, but some other brands that wouldn't tell you, and you'd have to like roll the dice. And you're playing and, chocolate bingo. Yeah, chocolate bingo. I guess that's what uh, Forrest Gump said. Like a box of chocolates, you don't know what you're going to get. You have that's to bite exactly. into it first. That's and life. Sometimes Jerry. you end up throwing stuff out. That is true. You're right. That, that is, is life. life. Yeah, you don't know from Live. hour to hour. Live. I thought uh, Gunnar Esaiason had a fun tweet this morning. Well, I didn't he, see it. He tweeted about the Grammys. Okay. And he said just he said something like just so you know uh a song with these lyrics won a Grammy last night. Yes. Watermelon sugar high, watermelon sugar high, watermelon sugar high, watermelon sugar high. <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, Harry Styles who sang Harry that Styles. to open the show. Yes, that and won a Grammy. I saw this one and I really I don't really want to get into the conversation to All be right. quite honest. And I didn't see it. Uh, but a friend of mine I saw post, let's see, was this done at the Grammys? Just to make sure, I don't want to say The jiggling butt and the butt grab? What, what? Are you referring to the jiggling jiggling no. butt and the butt grab? Okay, because no, that was done I was, at the Grammys also. I was going with the fact that the song WAP was sung. Yeah. At the Grammys. And if you look, and I don't, I didn't see it, so I don't know how they cleaned it up on TV. But if you look at the lyrics of that song, like, that's okay to sing that. This was the post my friend had. But everybody else is being fired and things canceled, and, and yet that's okay. And it's not. Yes. And, and her point wasn't that what's going on is right or wrong. She's just saying, we're doing this, but this is okay? It's inconsistent. Very inconsistent. I mean, the lyrics are just, you know, my God. Do you remember what they are? Uh, kind of. Uh, I don't like that kind of music. Well, right. I'm not asking if you like it or not. I'm oh. just saying the fact that this is popular. I know. It's a In this me. day and age? I don't like when dirty songs are popular. I don't know why. It's just I don't like that. I hear you. You know what's amazing to me is how many songs, even like Justin Bieber songs, yeah, have the like F it. word in them. I mean, it, there's a, and I guess I've noticed more and more because I, maybe because of Spotify, like I hear a song on the radio that I like and I go right to Spotify, I put it on and then an innocent song that you think is a good, clean, normal song, you're listening to it and they're dropping F-bombs all over the place. Well, yeah, now that they're not dependent on radio airplay like they used to, they- Is that what just, it is? Yeah, I do think that's what it is. Man, because some of them are- now, they're just vulgar. And again, I don't want to sound like, you know, the old guy from 1930 because I'm not. And I listen to a lot of it. It just surprises me how much you get of it. And even if you don't realize it until you get the unedited versions. And the women just as much as the men do it. I mean, it's, yes. it's across the board. So it's interesting. Yeah, I don't like it one bit, Jerry. I know you don't. I know. Well, you were probably really upset with uh, the Steve Miller band back in the day. 
With the funky bleep going down in the city? Going down. <laughs> it was not necessary. There was no need for him to do that. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yesterday or last night, I have it on the DVR, the uh, Woody versus Mia. I, I was going to was... ask you about that. So I watched the first two. Am I behind one? I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know how many I've seen. I think, I, I think I've seen three. I think last night was the last episode. So, because I traveled last weekend, I was in Minneapolis, yeah. so I guess, and right, and then I was at a birthday outing for my dad, so I guess I probably missed three, so I'm not caught up like you are. Well, I have one more to go, but interestingly enough, like, when this all went down in the early 90s, I feel like I felt like Mia Farrow was a little nutty. Yes. I was like, ah, she seems a little nutty. I, I believe Woody. Then I watched the first three episodes of this documentary and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 100% believe Mia Farrow. Yeah, me too. Well, this morning I was reading uh, one of their adopted children who is not did not partake in this documentary, Moses. Moses okay. Farrow. Yeah. He is now a, a counselor. Wasn't and, he the one that had the connection with Woody Allen? Uh, yeah, he was close with Woody when, yes. they were, when he was a little kid. Right. And then he had to denounce Woody at one point. Well, in 2018, and I found it this morning when I went to look for it, you can find it on his Twitter page. He is, uh, if you if you search in Twitter for Moses Farrow. Right. In 2018, he did a blog post about how he believes Woody and doesn't believe that any of that stuff happened. And he gives, he's an adult now, he's a therapist. And he gives a lot of examples about some nutty things that were going on in the Mia Farrow household. No kidding. So it's kind of all over the place. But uh, what? It, a, uh, yeah. I guess my question, concern, whatever the word is, is the amount of people that supposedly were there as eyewitness accounts. Right. You're going to tell me all these people got together and lied? It's yeah, a lot of people, Al. Yeah. No, I I agree. I I did uh, get that feeling when I was watching it, but if anyone's interested in checking it out, it's on uh, HBO, the yeah, uh, documentary series. It's right at the top of his page, I see. Moses Farrow, yeah. Wow. Interesting. In I read it. I read it today. It's interesting. It also goes to show, and and it's, it's sad to say this, but it also makes be being a prosecutor so difficult Unless you've got videotape or audio, like, you really don't know anything at the end of the day. Right. You might think you do. You can take all the evidence. But unless you actually witnessed it yourself, you have no idea. And None. they did. They took Woody Allen to court, and he did not. He was not found guilty. Yeah, so well, then knows? if they, huh. Because then all of a sudden, I mean, you're slandering him like crazy with the with this documentary. I guess that's what makes it a great mystery, right? You don't know what to believe or who to believe or how yeah. much to believe. I don't know. All I know so. is they've got a lot of video footage. They've got a lot of people that are dis discussing. If I had to make an educated guess, I'm siding with Mia Farrow. You are. I, I would. Now, I haven't seen this or read this, but... From what I've seen so far, I find it hard to believe that he didn't do these things. Mm -hmm. Are you going to tell me his daughter is, is ganging up on him too? Right. Well, what what this documentary doesn't explore and what the this blog post does is the amount of trouble 
some of her other adopted kids, uh, you know, there's suicide among them. There, there's stories of abuse in in that home as well. So mm. it's 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 a strange, it's a strange setting for anyone yeah. who was uh, involved at that time. Sure does seem side, like it. Jerry. Sure does seem like it. Another interesting thing I read, completely going complete opposite, was um, Chris Russo was interviewed in. Uh, if you go to uh, sportsradiopd.com. dot the Barrett Sports Media, Barrett Sports Media, yeah, Brandon yeah. Contes, I believe is his name. He sat down with Chris Russo for an extended uh, interview that's in uh, print. Okay, I thought it was interesting. It's uh, cool. Just about I didn't realize how long he's been at Sirius. He's been there. He was Mike and the Mad years? Dog. He was Mike and the Mad Dog for 19 years. He's been there 13. Has he really? And still going. And doing well. And I do listen to him from time to time. Um, as you know, I really, I really do enjoy the serious um, platform. And so if I'm not listening to our station or 92.3, you know, I do listen to Sirius. I've listened to Stern a lot since I've had it. And I do listen to Chris. And I will tell you, his energy and style is as good today as it was when he was here at this radio station. And he's now 60. I think he's 60. And I don't think he has missed a beat when I listen to him. Yeah, this article, he talks about the difference between doing a local show versus trying to find things that an entire nation would be interested in hearing. Yeah, difficult. And I've always found him refreshing in that. I always feel like he speaks the truth about the industry and where he is in the industry. Like I've never really like when, 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 when he gets called out on things, I feel like he's being honest. Like this guy asks him about not giving Boomer and Carton a chance. And was he too hard on them? He's like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Looking back. Yeah. I didn't give them a fair shake. And you know, I've heard him talk about his channel on Sirius when Howard asked him how many people were listening. He'd be like, Oh, we've one of the lowest rated channels. Like he, he was just, Seems yeah. like he speaks the truth. Like he's not trying to cover anything up. I will tell you, having worked with Chris a long time, and I did. I worked with Chris, or at least around him, a long time. Uh, I played golf with him a few times. You know, he is—he's very on it. He doesn't make excuses. Never yeah. has. You know, if he stinks, he's going to tell you that he stunk. And you know, he's always been like that. So that does not surprise me at all when I hear you say that. Yeah, you know that's that's the type of guy he always seemed to be. Now a little different, as we know, but that also to me was part of the charm. You know, um, yeah. I thought he was good in that he liked he was good at creating something on a dead day, um, even if he didn't. Now it's funny because I'm talking about how he doesn't make stuff up, but you know, in terms of entertainment value, he would make some stuff up and go after teams just to kind of create the buzz, but. For the most part, he told you how he felt. He hated the Yankees, and damn it, every day he hated the Yankees and was going to tell you that. Well, he he's saying this in this interview that he thinks it's easier when there's nothing going on to be on the local station because you could always pick one team or one player to break down for 45 minutes. Like he said, I could do, I could talk about Julius Randall on the Knicks for 45 minutes, where I don't know if anybody else cares around the country. Yeah, so I couldn't I mean, really do that. But it's funny, too, though, because when you're doing around the country, you would also think that you could just start picking out the leagues and take a couple of topics from each league. Or even like this, as you as we talked about, the spark plugs, like a LeBron. Yeah. That you can just 
do a topic related to him and it'd be interesting for people. No doubt. Like, I mean, I think you could even do that here with a with a guy like that. But let's assume for the sake of argument, you don't want to get into that type of situation in New York. Fair enough. If I'm national and I'm begging for something, I could absolutely start attacking LeBron just for the sheer entertainment value of the phone calls from around the country because people are going to call up and either defend or agree with you immediately because it's LeBron. Right. So I know what I know what he's saying, but I actually think I see I would think he's wrong on that. I would think the more the more avenues you have for subject matter, the easier it is, but maybe not. He's done it long enough to know. Right. He certainly has, Jerry. There's a new uh, bar opening up at the Seattle airport called the Shot Bar. Okay. There is nowhere to sit. There is really nowhere to stand. You get in a line at the Shot Bar. You get up to the bar. It's a very small area. You order your shot. You are to consume it right then and there, and you walk out. Is this something you'd be interested in before getting on a flight? Oh, sure. Getting in a, Oh, absolutely. I think Do a lot of people have anxiety before they get on a plane. Yeah. I think that's a I don't think that's a good idea in town, but I do think <laughs> <laughs> a drive through, just drive right through and get your shot and keep moving. No, no. No, no, you can't do that. But <laughs> no, I right. do think before you get on a plane, yeah. I think it's a brilliant idea actually. All right, you go up there, get a quick shot. No waiting. Here's 7 bucks, give me a shot of that's, Casamigos. That's exactly what it is, 7 bucks. Is it really? Yeah, but you could get a double for ten bucks. That seems like a, a better deal. That sounds like a much better deal. Double shot, ten bucks. When was the last Boom. time you did a double shot? Uh, it's been a while. It's been a been while. Been a while. Yeah, I don't care for shots. I haven't done a shot in a couple of years. I might even be longer than that. Now you know what I'm not because I believe New Year's Eve I had a shot. So I guess it's not longer than that. But if you take away New Year's Eve. The last couple, I don't think I've had a shot at, my God, I think when we were in Hershey for the baseball tournament two, three years ago was probably the last time. And I think I had a shot. I know I had a shot in Alaska. We were having beers at this bar in Alaska off of the cruise. Right. And uh, I got I got shots of Fireball. Oh, uh, Fireball. My, my my wife had a bad night with Fireball once. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you can only oh my really God. do one. Yeah, well, she did about six in one shot. Yeah, right. That's Not the problem. Smart. That's what this bar did too. Like they poured you like a half a glass. Oh my god! Like, Here's your shot. And like, Ugh. well, how did you feel? Uh, well, it goes. It it it's warm in your belly. Right, but did you feel it pretty quickly though? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Because I was having a couple beers too. For me, oh, I feel. <laughs> Is that the beers. last time you were drunk? Uh, no, I've gone out and had two beers and <laughs> felt drunk. Seriously. Yeah, but you're not, though. You're lightheaded. And right, I'm dead. lightheaded, yeah. I mean drunk from alcohol. Because um, you don't drink vodka anymore, right? No, I don't drink any hard alcohol anymore. Right. So then Just that's pro- So Alaska's probably the last time, then. Probably. Well, then, boy, we got to take you out and do some fireball. <laughs> fireball shots. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> so that's the shot bar if you're ever in the Seattle airport. Looks pretty I, cool. I actually have about 12 shots of Fireball at home because I bought my wife the <laughs> for Valentine's Day. The giant at the liquor store, they had a giant instead of a candy heart. It yeah. was a Fireball heart. <laughs> With all mini bottles in it? 12 mini bottles in it. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so I got 12 of them at home when you're ready. Oh, nice. You all come right. over. All right. And finally, I'll leave you with this, Jerry. A new study is out, which to me seems very fugazi. Okay. A new study says single people during the COVID time, these are single people without a partner, are pleasuring themselves an average 
of three times a day. No, they're not. That's what I said. No, they're Stop not. Stop it. Stop it. You told Please. me three times a week. Fine. Right. Three times a day? No, no way. way. No, I don't believe that for a second. I'm with you. Where was this study done? It's actually done by a lube company. <laughs> That's not even a joke. <laughs> a lube company put this out, Jerry. <laughs> and you took that as a credible source. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's your mistake. I think even in my heyday, the most I was able to do is twice a day. Well, good for you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do the pump twice before you threw it out? No, that was a one and done, and I was disgusted with myself. I'm sure you were. Okay. Hey, Andre, tomorrow, we're gonna, tomorrow we're going to play a game that you will be involved in. Ooh. I'm going to be the host. I'm going to pit you against Boomer against G. Oh, you know they don't like to lose, Jerry. You can't imagine having the producer beat them. You better be careful. I, well, I'm I don't know be, if their egos can handle it. I will tell you, I honestly think you've got as much chance to win as we do of you coming into the studio tomorrow. Oh, so I probably not. Why is it sports? Well, it's something like that. Kids and pets. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm looking. Is it multiple choice or do I going to have to actually know stuff? Oh, should I make it multiple choice? If I make it multiple choice, I feel like it might be too easy. And yet, it's funny. Without multiple choice, I feel like it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Hmm. I'll think about it. I'll have an answer for you. I figure 7.30 tomorrow we'll do this. Okay. All right? I'm looking forward to it. I like that. Fair enough. All right, Jerry. We'll see you tomorrow. The warm-up program. That is next on, on all of your participating syndicated stations. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, here we go, 5.04, we start a new week, it is a Monday. I'm in New York City with the Eddie Scazzeri. The Eddie Scazzeri, yeah, the Eddie Scazzeri. And down in Bradley Beach, where the winds are whipping at 40 miles an hour, is an old man by a windy sea. His name is Albert John Dukes. What's up, Al? How are you? Good morning, Jerry. Actually, John is my confirmation name. See, I knew this. I figured after 80 times I'd try to get it right. That was the only time you got to choose your name. Like, you didn't get to choose your first name. Your parents gave you that. That's a very good point. You didn't get to choose your middle name. Your parents also gave you that. But you did get, at least when I made my confirmation, back then it was in the sixth grade because I'm very old. Uh, Now I think it's like eighth or ninth grade. Uh, You got to choose your confirmation name. That's right. You chose the name of a saint. Is this true? Name of a saint. I think you just picked a name. Yeah, I think because because I think uh, all well, they had did have to be after a saint. That was the whole point of a confirmation. Hmm. You 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 chose a saint, I believe, that you felt that you aligned with. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I went that route. I just or picked had the a name I liked. Name. What yeah. name did you go with? Uh, Matthew, actually. Matthew. All right. And I don't have a middle name, so that's really what I got. Oh, is that right? Correct. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of the biblical names that you would pick for confirmation names, they're, they're the simple names. John, Michael, Anthony, Luke, Matthew, Luke. John. John, like I have. Yeah. 
So I don't know what uh, St. John was all about. I just know that uh, you went to a school, St. John. He, Vienna. He was, uh, there was a St. John Vienna in Colonia, uh, New Jersey, where I was living at the time. That's why I chose those names. So you nailed that one, Jerry. On that intro, you nailed my Look confirmation. at that. Name. Nice. How about that? Jerry, I see Rutgers has made it to what they call the big dance. Yes, which we knew was going to happen. We did. <laughs> yes. Well, you may have. You've got inside information, Jerry. You're the play-by-play guy for basketball. Uh, Eddie, he asked me the other day yeah. when I mentioned Rutgers in the Big Ten tournament. I just mentioned the game, and he goes, "Is this a tournament or something?" <laughs> After Do they play we again? Talked about it for two days. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yes, they are in the they are in the NCAA tournament. They will play Friday night at nine twenty against Clemson. Against Clemson. Now, do you do you go somewhere to call that game? Will that is be- a great question, Al. <laughs> As where, does, where does this game actually get played physically? This is, so this game is going to be where the Pacers play, their home Ooh. arena. Market um, Square Arena, or has that changed? Uh, no, it's, I think it's – well, it was well, – I forget what the name of it was. I think it's Banker's Life Fieldhouse now. That's, give me the old names. So that's the name. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the sponsor of the building – Hate so the sponsor buildings. I will find, and now they play at nine twenty Friday night. Um, I don't know. It's a great question. I have to figure it out. Right now, we're set to do it remotely. I believe from the football stadium, but we're going to see if we can make our way there. It's you it's, better head out there, Jerry. They need you. The team needs you. Yeah, but we can't even get near the team, even if oh. we wanted to. We'd have to stay in a different hotel. We would know. We'd probably be doing the game somewhere in the upper deck somewhere. So I don't I don't know, to be honest with you. I'm not sure. Now, let me ask you this, Jerry. As a, a, you know, people pretend that they know college basketball when the oh, NCAA tournament This is the funniest around. week of the year to me. Everyone's like, everyone has their predictions and things. Does Rutgers have a chance to beat Clemson and move yes. on? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Do. Oh, absolutely. I have 100% they do. Then I saw, I think, that if, if they won, and I'm getting ahead of myself, they'd play Houston. Yes. Will they get beat down by Houston? Probably, I mean, I think they've right? got a. Ch- I think they've oh. got a chance to win that too. But I'm not going beyond Clemson. I Jerry I'm Rutgers in the that. Final Four is that possible? Yes, it's possible. For real? I need mean, everything's for real. Hmm. Now I'm. You no, know, there, there's this thing called the three point line that has really yeah. changed the game. So and you just sit out there, and you could just yeah. park yourself over at the three point line. Al, I'm and, telling you, yes. if you get if you get a guy that that's hot from the outside, you beat anybody. And Rutgers has. One of the better defend. Now they did not play well Friday night against Illinois, so I, I can't. You know, <laughs> they got uh, beaten up pretty good Friday night. But they've got one of the best shot blockers in the Big Ten. You know, you've got a great player in Ron Harper Jr. Remember his dad in the NBA, right? Ron Harper, yes, right, yes. So I mean, they've got Geo. I mean, they got really good players. They got a chance. They got the steel leader in the Big Ten. So yeah, I, I actually think they'll win Friday night, and then we'll see. Now, I know this, Jerry, before the audience. Are there any other local teams in that we should be rooting for? Uh, UConn is in. I know, I, know, I know all this already. You don't know anything. You know, UConn is the in. Audience. UConn, but like, um, Iona and Rick Pitino, yeah. they won the uh, their conference tournament, the MAC tournament, the other day. So you've got them in the game. Uh, you got, see, I don't, they're not really local, but I feel like we consider them local. Syracuse made the tournament. Yeah, I consider them local. You know, it's four hours away, right? Yeah, but I feel like so many like broadcasters... Boston is closer than Syracuse. <laughs> so many sports broadcasters came out of Syracuse that, uh, no, that I, I know. call it local. And we do, because it is New York. It's upstate New York, so we do consider it local. And also Hartford from Connecticut. What happened, what happened to St. John's? What happened to Seton Hall? These are teams that are local that I know that play basketball. Where are they at? They're gone. They're done. What? Season over. And did you see... It is and over. Georgetown made that run and won the Big East tournament. 
Yeah, that's because uh, Patrick Ewing had a chip on his shoulder uh, getting asked for his pass at MSG. That I he, guess so. He and his team dominated the tournament they and won did. it all. Who'd they, I don't even know who they play in the gym. Was it Creighton? I mean, I turned it on at one point. They were beating them down. to like It was some crazy run at the end of the first half and in the second half. So it was fun. But when I say it's the funniest week of, the, of, of sports radio, because yeah. I love all these talking heads that will go through the bracket like they have any idea who these teams are. Right. You know, like, come on. Some of this come, stuff is goofy to me. Come on. And uh, they say, you know, this year, of course, it got canceled last year, but um, water cooler talk, Jerry. You know how we talk about at the water cooler. We'll, we'll go I over do. our brackets when you and I are at the water cooler. Yeah. Uh, we're still missing that part of this this year because people are still not fully back at work. Well, that's so true. We're missing the water cooler, fill out your bracket talk. You're missing the water cooler talk, as you like to call it. But what you're not missing, you can still do the brackets because everything is online now. That's true. So that, yes, you lose the camaraderie and the conversation, but you're still, you know, you're still getting into it, I think. It's what I miss the most when you hear football players and baseball players retire. What do they miss the most, Jerry? The camaraderie. That's right. Being in the locker room. I miss being around the water cooler with my printed out bracket. Like this, yes, I, I, I totally understand this. This to me is a good one for you, right? You're gonna have. Oh, I just did the right thing. My bad. You're gonna have guys breaking down the brackets, like Utah State against Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who give, do you like? Give me why? the starting point guards. Go. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> like, how about this one? Who's the head coach of Utah State? Mm. <laughs> but everybody's an expert on every team, right? It's it's comical, actually. Then I was looking at the number one seeds, Jerry. We got Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan. Yes. Now, Gonzaga, we only hear of them in this tournament. Like, I don't ever hear of anyone going to Gonzaga. I don't ever hear anyone saying they want to go to Gonzaga. I don't even know what state Gonzaga is in. I don't know where Gonzaga is either, actually. Eddie does. Washington State, it's in Spokane. Is that where it is? There you Interesting. go. Interesting. Then the other one is Baylor. So I was like, okay. Baylor's in Texas. Baylor? And the only reason I know that is because Chip and Joanna on HGTV, mm-hmm. they, and they're in Waco, Texas. Yes. But I know they're somewhere near the stadium where Baylor plays. Oh, okay. Because they visited the stadium once. Nice. And the head coach at the time. Now, I agree with what you're saying for the most part. Gonzaga, though, people, I mean, Gonzaga's unbeaten this year. And they've been talked about all season long. Now, I couldn't name a player on the team, but I have at least followed them a little bit because now you've got this notion of can they go unbeaten like the Indiana team from 76. So people have, if you're into college basketball, people have talked about Gonzaga. And Baylor, I, you know, I'm like you. I don't know much. I know they're really good, but I don't know much about them. And that's an interesting little tie-in to Chip and Joanna Gaines. I like yeah. that. Jerry, they're the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Yeah. Oh. Also nicknamed Zags. The Zags. The Zags. What is Baylor? Baylor? Are they the Bears, Eddie? Yes. 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 There you go. And again, I know that only. I know that from Chip and Joanna, Jerry. Yeah. That's where I get most of my college uh, sports knowledge. I follow, or all of it, really. Uh, well, most of it, yeah, <laughs> is uh, from Chip and Joanna Gaines. Where's Kane? Are they in the Kane this, University? They in unfortunately, the they did not make the tournament. <laughs> They're based at Union, New Jersey, Jerry. No, I know where they are. <laughs> um, yep, that was my uh, alma mater. And my other alma mater, Indiana State, I see they're not in. They, they are rarely not. get in. I know. Well, what can you do? Can't win them all. Larry Bird must be like, what do I need to do to get you back in this tournament? Go play again. <laughs> 
Can I get back on the court? Can I go to graduate school and get on the team? Could that happen, Jerry? Could a NBA player? No, he loses his eligibility once he turns pro. You dope. <laughs> he can't go back to get no. a, like a PhD. At he one played of these pro. Schools? No, once you turn pro, your awesome. eligibility is gone. Okay, let me ask you this. Let's say there's a guy <laughs> like um, a guy who was really good and decided he didn't go pro. Then he comes back. I, graduate school, master's degree, dominates. I don't know how that works for that fifth year for the grad student. I don't. Yeah. But if you're telling me a guy goes to college for two years, mm-hmm. leaves, dominates, and then eight though. years later wants to yeah. go back, I think you have to. I don't I don't know. I think you have a couple years of eligibility left. I tried to walk on at Indiana State when I went there to graduate <laughs> school. By walk on, you mean walk on what? Walked onto the court and go, someone give me the ball. Let me show you. Let me show you punks what I can do. Who invited this dork? <laughs> <laughs> Who invited this 115-pound dork to Think our workout? Think about that, 115 pounds. <laughs> That's funny. That's right, Jerry. Oh, man. And one other basketball note, which I found interesting. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, I see, passed Hakeem Olajuwon for 11th on the NBA's all-time career Yeah, and James list. Harden passed Larry Bird the other day. That's some crazy stuff right now. Like, do, like would you consider Melo a a top 15 NBA player it's of all different time? Al it's different it, it, it's just the game is different points are coming more? at a premium oh my god yeah I mean again look at what we watched in the in the late 80s and 90s where games were won 78-75 I mean if, all kidding aside if you look at a random Sunday night last night for instance listen to some of these numbers Golden State beat Utah 131-119. Oklahoma City beat Memphis 128-122. Philly put up 134 points. Boston scored 134 points. And you had New Orleans scored 135. These are regulation games. Yeah, that's a, those are a lot of points. The, the, the game is just different. It's not the same thing anymore. So it's kind of what it is. You know, what can I tell you? By the way, I know you said, because I'm going to take a break. I know you said TV. Are you going to get to the Grammys at any point this morning? No, I don't watch. I did not. Did watch you see Grammys. Dua Lipa last night? I did see still images on Twitter of Dua Holy Lipa. Holy moly! <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I wonder what the censors were thinking oh over at my CBS. God, when She's she in lingerie. Because what was interesting was I know you said you didn't watch it. I only watched a little bit. I watched yeah. the beginning of it and like the first few live perf- and it was weird with no one there. But the first few live performances, you had Billie Eilish, who was, you know, dressed as she dresses, whatever, looked good, everything was fine. They had a country band, these three girls rocking it out to country rock, I guess you would call it. All good. You had, um, oh, what's a Harry Styles, I think was his name. Harry Styles. All right, so he had a jacket on with no shirt underneath, but he had a jacket on, whatever. And then she comes out in lingerie. Yeah. Like, and Al, like rolling around. I mean, it was. Forget the stills. Go watch the song's awesome. Go watch the video during the break. Yeah. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Is wow. It was pretty wild. So also, uh, Jerry, um, uh, Twitter producer Joe Saponara says Rutgers is favored by a point. Yeah. That. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Rutgers a good team. They're a good team. I actually think their net ranking was or is better than Clemson. And if not, they're like right there. Meaning. They're very equal. So that seems about right. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win on Steve Peichel with a week to prepare. I like my chances. I will say that. All right, we'll take a quick break. 5-17. We are just getting started. It is a very busy Monday. Boomer and Geo at the top on the fan.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Al and Jerry, number one with meatheads in the gym. Love that. 524, what do you say? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is the warm-up show until Boomer and Geo. A lot to do. We've got a lot of basketball. You've got spring training. you got Drew Brees retiring. Blah, but we knew, by the way, and we're just kind of waiting for that. What else, Al? Yes, Drew Brees did retire, Jerry, officially, which means he's, I guess, going to go to uh, NBC. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what part or what games he's going to be doing, but yeah, I guess. Like, you're curious where exactly he'll be boring us to death? I'm really not, actually. I don't care. I mean, that guy is boring, right? <laughs> he might be. I don't know. It seems like the networks want to fight over anybody is in, in the NFL, anybody who's got any sort of name from on the field. Sure. That they want all, you know, off the field on camera on in front of a microphone. Well, but like, why is, Drew Brees? But is well, I don't know. But I think part of that is what you've always discussed too. You want to get younger and you want to keep, you know, the the audience tuned in and interested. I don't know. I I find I, I think when I've thought of Drew Brees press conferences, I'm with you. Boring. Boy. But I will tell you this. Tony Roma was never a good interview, Al. He was boring? Yes. Now, and when I mean not a good interview, I mean it wasn't like he was, you know, a quote machine and he was all exciting. And He was boring. He was calculated and he gave you not much. Put him on TV and he's got all this energy and juice and, you know, so who knows? I think, listen, they thought Jason Witten wouldn't be a stiff and look what that turned out to be. It's total stiff. Right. I, mean, I love the guy, but that was horrible. So they're trying to find the next t- Tony Romo. Like they they want a guy that everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, Drew Brees is predict, but Tony Romo predicted the place. Now you've got to find a new gimmick. I agree. And even that's kind of gotten old, to be honest. Yeah. Like you what's going to be Drew Brees' gimmick? Like Troy Aikman is just damn good. There's no gimmick. He's just got a great presence about him, and he works well with Joe Buck. John Madden, you know, had the sounds, and he was, I don't know, he was exciting, and you heard him, him and Summerall, that was it. Romo's good, but I, I to me, it's like, all right, so we're predicting plays. It's enough. Right. But he's got energy. Now we'll see. Here's what you want to find. You want to find the next John Madden, or Troy Aikman, and you don't want to find the next Witten or Joe Montana. Right. Because, like, we know Peyton Manning could be hilarious. We've I seen guess. him on Saturday Night Live. We've seen him joking around. He does. He has a personality. I've seen him very funny, especially with a script. In the, idiot kicker. In the booth, I'd be interested to hear him. We know Eli Manning's boring. Why? People think that'd be great, him boring. and Eli together. Yeah, because they think that uh, Peyton Manning would bring out Eli's personality. And I also continue to say, I've never, ever, once in my 46, 47 years, ever tuned into a game because of the announcers. Not one time, nor do I ever plan to. And you, know you have, like- and you haven't either. You've never, you, there's no chance that you have ever, on a Sunday morning, said, all right, NFL games, what's the announcer crew? That's the game I'm watching. Right. Never t- once. It's a toss-up before a few games here. Let me see who's calling these <laughs> no games. No way. No chance. I used to love- having watched uh, Peyton's Places both seasons of it, 
on ESPN Plus. Peyton, I think you're still would, not wa- you're still not watching Jaguars Texans because uh, Peyton Manning's doing the game. 100% accurate. That's the deal. But he, I believe, would be very good. I didn't say he wouldn't be. It just does not change the way we view games. And by the way, they in the season ender, if you will, Eli is going to have his, Eli's places or something similar. With yeah, he's college football. Yeah, yeah he's going out to no different interest. college football stadiums. Yeah. What the fuck the network is that on? Is that ESPN Plus? Yeah. 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 I'm out. Plus. I'm so tired of all these streaming services. It has gotten ridiculous. Yeah, I I, I just uh, I just fixed fired up my Apple TV so I could put all my different services all in one place. Right. But my goodness, yeah, it's enough already. Which yeah. I, and I saw what you were talking about with this Discovery Plus. They're putting new episodes on that yes. now. What am I paying for that on TV? Right. They're putting new episodes on that. They're putting new murder documentaries on there. It's too U- much. Ultimately, there'll be some big, you know, merging. and Of course there You'll will. have all your streaming things on one thing available. We're, I think we're a long way away from that, though, right now. Uh, a couple of years, maybe. And then, all of a sudden, it will be cable television again. Just <laughs> called streaming. It's right. Streaming's more expensive than cable television. Right, but ultimately, I think it'll we'll settle see. into a new version of cable television. We shall see. With Drew Brees retiring, Taysom Hill got some weird. I hate this four-year contract for notes. how much? Al it says one hundred forty million dollars. What's it really worth, Al? I don't know because it says they can void it every I'll, year. I'll tell you what it's worth: nine million dollars. Then why does it say one hundred forty million? Because they're fudging dollars? the numbers. This is what I hate about Number the NFL. Fudging. And this phony salary cap they put in place. So the sal- to, if the salary cap is one hundred eighty-two million dollars, you should have one hundred eighty million, one hundred eighty-two million dollars to pay all your players. That's it. There's no. Well, we're going to stretch this out over the life of this phony contract to bring the cap number down to this, but it's going to accelerate to that next year. It's such a load of crap. You read it, you're like, Taysom Hill's getting $35 million this year? No. He got a $7 million signing bonus and a base salary of $1 million or $1.9 or something. And the whole notion is to reduce his cap number this year because the Saints are crushed this year with the salary cap, and they're going to have to deal with it in the future. Like The so whole when, thing is stupid. So when you, if you look at the headline, Jerry, and you're an uneducated NFL fan, not me, I'm very educated, uh, and it says four year, hundred forty million dollar contract. In your head, you would see the headline and go, "Oh, I guess the Saints are going with Taysom Hill to replace Drew Brees." But that's not necessarily true. So that's exactly what I thought. And then my next question was, "What? Uh, okay, huh? What has he shown us that a he's a starting quarterback in the league, and b that you would pay him that kind of money?" And then you read it, and you realize they're not giving him anywhere near that number. It's a it's a phony contract. And the NFL it's, shouldn't allow it. Jerry, it's fake news. Oh, to the nth degree, Al. The failing NFL salary cap, fake news. <laughs> the failing <Sad>. salary cap. <laughs> yeah. I like that. that. And, then, and then even the Cam Newton Patriots situation, that does not necessarily mean he's going to be their starting quarterback at the start of the season, no, right? No, but I mean, they at least they signed him to a one-year. Like, that's what it is. It's a one-year deal. It's not that it's not like they signed Cam Newton to a five year deal worth two hundred million dollars and made it voidable after year one. Yeah. They signed him to a one year contract. All right, whatever. That's fine. And a very for that position, a very doable rate at like thirteen point eight or fourteen million or whatever. This is a complete joke. That's I what think. I thought when I read it, Jerry. I go, What is this, a joke? 
<laughs> this is some sort of cruel, sick joke. Taysom Hill getting $140 million. Hey, listen, at least you're not a Saints fan. Well, at least not now because they're not winning. Like they didn't win the Super Bowl, so you're not a Saints fan. Correct. I'm a, I don't know if you've heard, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. I've heard you're a front runner. Because I know like when uh, during the football season when you would tweet, you would hate Taysom Hill situations. Like, yeah, you didn't it's, like when it's they would a gimmick. Be, yeah, it's a gimmick, exactly. I don't care for it. Can't bring you can't have a gimmick quarterback be your main quarterback. It's like Tim Tebow. Remember, it's like Tim Tebow. Well, I don't know if he's that bad, but remember at, at least at the NFL level, I mean, because we know what Tebow was in college. Remember the one start he got? He was awful. Yes, he was not good. So who knows what they're going to do? And then Jameis Wilson, uh, Winston. Oh, Jameis Wilson. No, no, I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> he even had to throw the. He threw a touchdown pass in that game, and Taysom Hill got the start. Remember? That is true. That's he right. Did the flip, flip gimmick, reverse the flip, 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 flip gimmick, gimmick, and then whoosh, right down the field touchdown. <laughs> uh, another old quarterback, Tom Brady. He's uh, he signed an extension with he's the gonna Buccaneers. He's going to play till he dies. He's going to play till he's forty-five years old. Yeah. They gave him another. They added another yeah. year. So yeah, Tom Brady, Giselle. <laughs> I know you think he's got nothing left to prove. Apparently, he does. Yeah. So it looks like I could be a Buccaneer fan a couple more years. Are his kids in college yet? I don't think so, but they're getting older, Jerry. Like, how old is his oldest kid? I mean, he's forty. He's forty-three, right? Tom Brady is yes. yes. The 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 son he had with Bridget Moynihan. That's he's got to be eighteen or nineteen. No. I don't think so. I think that was the little kid that uh, ran down on the field and uh, greeted him at the end of the game. Oh, okay. I thought that was. That was that I thought I was his oldest with, with uh, Giselle. Are you googling how old is Tom Brady's kids? I'm trying to how find out. Yeah, I actually is am. Tom Brady kids. If that's okay with kids you, kids and pets. I don't know. Uh, he's got a 13 year old. That's John it? John Edward Thomas Moynihan from uh, Bridget Moynihan. Oh, yep. I would have thought a few years older. Okay. Then his uh, second child boy, his name is Benjamin. Benjamin Brady. It sounds like Benjamin Buttons. Right. And then he has an eight-year-old, Vivian Lake Brady. Got it. All right. I'd love to be Tom Brady's oldest kid. No, you don't 50. have to do anything. Uh, my oldest kid is 51. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's all you want. You want the fortune left to you. Yeah. And you don't want to have to work. Right, like I would want it would have been awesome if my father would have left me the family business that was like already. He didn't start a business though. Right, but if he had a family business, left it to me, but it was already like humming on all cylinders where I just didn't really have to do much. Who are you going to leave the coffee shop to? Your nephew? Or are you like, you still think your mom? Whoever takes care of me while I'm getting old. No one. <laughs> well, then no one gets it. <laughs> so you're going to donate it. And then I'm going to do it. business those. to cars for kids. <laughs> <laughs> One, eight, seven. And you'll get all the credit because you can start a new division. Yeah. Donate <laughs> the your. The Duke's donation. <laughs> donate your local business when you die because you have no family. <laughs> for single people like children. me. That's <laughs> funny. All yeah. right. 25 in front of 6 o'clock. We're that close to Boomer and Geo. We will continue in a moment on the fan. Al and Jerry, longtime tag team champions. I'll tell you, that wind, nuts. We had a baseball game yesterday, Al, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And it was, I mean, it was one of the coldest games I've ever been on the field for, even though was the, the temperature was 50. Oh, my God. It was, was the awful. wind blowing out for the long ball? It was kind of blowing across the, it swirled, to be quite honest. I mean, it was blowing all over the place. So I, at times, yes, it depends, though. If you were hitting the ball to right field, at times it was blowing out. At other times it was coming in, and it was it was just brutal. I mean, 
I, I at one point I almost got knocked over. But whatever. How how was it down the shore? How to be crazy, right? Oh, it was windy. Jerry. What was the, the last was time you in. took out the dog last night? Uh, I probably went out about uh, six thirty. So that was probably the height of it. Yeah, uh, yeah actually, uh, when I went out probably around four o'clock. It was really nasty out there. And with your the body weight, windy. I'm surprised you weren't thrown up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, me and my thin dog, we were both, uh, you know, being blown around like uh, sailboats. Yeah, I'm sure, man. Like sailboats in the wind. I hear you, uh, Louis Guillermo. 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 <laughs> Luis Guillorme. <laughs> yeah, that dude. He's on the Mets, Jerry. Luis Guillorme. Guillorme. <laughs> Holy crap. Wait, okay, hold on. The Mets, Luis Guillorme. There you go. Fouled off 16 pitches, Jerry. Eddie, you got the fader up? I'll play this from PIX yesterday. This is the 22nd pitch of the at-bat from Hicks to Guillorme. That was tremendous. The crowd was going, not the crowd, the bench was going nuts. That's mostly the the bench. He worked a 22-pitch walk by fouling off 16 pitches. And do you know how the at-bat started? With a strike. 0-2. 0-2? He was 0-2. It's not like it was 3-0 and and he worked his way back to 3-2. Yeah. It was 0-2, first two pitches. And I think Jordan hit, and I have to check. But I think Hicks was on a 25-pitch count for that inning, and that was his only batter because it was 22 pitches. Man, I wish I had the ability to do that when I was in Little League. It was pretty wild. I just watched the entire sequence. Yeah, it was pretty wild. So pretty. Cool. He just was fighting pitches off, right, Jerry? Like yeah, balls he that had... he didn't that he didn't want to really f- fully rip. He was just uh, was he just like fouling them off? He to rolled fight a couple off? over. Then he poked a couple down the left field line that were like borderline strikes. What was the most impressive thing to me, though, forget the fact that it was 16 foul balls, which is wild in and of itself. What impressed me is Hicks is throwing anywhere from 90 to 100. And he's, I mean, literally, you're talking about sliders at 90 miles an hour, and then he would come back with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, and he was able to fight everything off. And then the three balls that he took until he actually walked I mean, I don't know. It's just it's impressive, you know, the batter's eye in that case. It was really it was a it was a pretty good at bat. Pretty may good. I tr- may I try to pronounce his name one more time because oh, I want to get you it. You already correct. tried and screwed it up six times. So go ahead. The Mets, Luis Guillorme. Oh, God, Luis. Damn it, <laughs> Luis Guillorme. Uh, Jerry, did you hear this fella on the Mets, Luis Guillorme? I did. Yes. Well, fouled off Al. sixteen pitches. What position does he play? He's a. Uh, you do. I'm. I'm not joking. And this Second is not baseman. the. This is not the fraud thing. You Second do baseman. watch, don't you? I do. Okay. But I don't remember from year to year. There's so many different dudes on these teams. Yeah, I. I know. I understand. But he. I mean. Okay. Like he's not an everyday. No, player. he's a utility player. But he a plays utility. a lot. I mean, he's a utility guy. He gives you. He gives you spot starts. He pinch hits a lot. You know. I don't know. I. I. I would, I would think you would know Luis Guillerme. I would bring him in to pinch hit when I needed to run a pitcher's <laughs> pitch count up. I'll tell you, the one thing that Ron Darling was talking about and uh, Todd Zeal, those were the two analysts during the game on TV. I haven't heard the radio calls yet. They were talking about what a great at bat it was. But then Darling's like, you know who's having no fun is the pitcher. And it well, you could tell midway through this at bat, Hicks was like, all right, enough. And then at the end, he started to have fun with it. 
Because, you know, it gets nuts when you're up at 19, 20, 21. You just start smiling like, all right, I mean, what are we going to do? You could also make the case at some point, just throw a ball and walk them if you've had enough. If I had enough, Jerry, and I was a muscular pitcher that could fight, I would have put one right in Guillaume's back. There was one pitch that was up and in <laughs> around his neck at around the a- 12 or 13 mark, I want to say. I would have put it right in his neck. Yeah, Dangerous. <laughs> Very dangerous. <laughs> Imagine taking a fastball to the neck. I'm sure it's happened. Guys, I mean, Stanton took one to the face. 100 mile an hour pitch to the neck. Oh, my neck. Like, think about John Carlos Stanton. He took a fastball, a major league fastball to the face <laughs> and still go and broke his jaw. Yeah. Had it right. His jaw was wired shut, oh, I think, for was. a month. And he still goes up there with no fear. Yeah, I don't understand it. That is it. Like, you've gotten hit by an arc ball and softball, and you'd be yeah. afraid. I'd be like, I'm out. That's no, You know what a 100-mile-an-hour fastball looks like? To the face? Anywhere. And then picture getting hit by one. God. Ugh. I remember Goose Gossage, when I was younger, drilled Ron Say in the head. Okay. Dodgers third baseman. To, and to me, when I was a kid, like, Goose Gossage was like, with He was it. Yes. 300 miles an hour. Yeah. He was he, your fastball reliever. He was, though he was a fastball wild man. He was the goose. What other baseball news do I have? Oh, here's one, Jerry. Uh, Diamondbacks first base coach. His name is Dave McKay. Okay, he I is, don't know this. He's a man of 70 years old. He's an old fella, older fella, first base coach. I don't think 70's coach. old anymore, but okay. Well, he, he uh, slipped and fell in the dugout, broke a rib, and sliced his spleen. Sliced his spleen. Yeah, but he stayed at the ballpark and finished the game, and then the pain got too much. And when he went to the uh, hospital, they found that he sliced his spleen. He's lucky he didn't bleed out. No, he he did not bleed out. In fact, Jerry, he's already feeling better. Internal bleeding is what I mean. Wow. They had a they had a cauterize his spleen. That sounds awful. I think cauterize ca- ca- cauterize means. You all right today? I'm taking those brain pills you recommended. Did not doing squat. <laughs> well, it takes thirty days. <laughs> They're not doing diddly squat. Diddly poo. Right. <laughs> when you cauterize something, I believe you burn it. That like I think they terrible. I, th- I think they had to burn his spleen together. Man, just from falling. In, I tell you, you never know. Fell in the dugout. You just never know. We had one. We had a collision at third base yesterday where everything was going so good. We were having a nice day, as cold as it was. And then two of the bigger kids on the field, one on the other team, and, and my third baseman just got into a, a high-speed collision. Now, they both were fine, but it just goes to show, like, from play, you just don't know. From play to play, what the hell's going to happen? And this guy can't even walk in the dugout. Good Lord. After, afternoon man Craig Carton uh, broke his face playing softball on the WNEW softball team when he had a uh, collision in the outfield. No kidding. He went face-to-face with another person, and uh, he broke his face. Who was it with the Mets with the collision in San Diego? Was that Mike Cameron? Do you remember the collision I'm talking about? Either You're asking you two? me, Jerry? It was a day game in San Diego. And well, it let was, me Google oh, it. it. Hold on. I feel like it was Mike Cameron, collision. but maybe not. Yeah, put Mets, Mets Padres outfield Padres. collisions. It's got to right, be let's, let's 15 see how good. years ago. Up oh, here it is, Jerry. Mets Padres game recap, uh, August 11th, 2005. Okay. Cameron. It was Mike Cameron. Yes. You rem- You don't remember this? Mike Cameron uh, and, uh, and Carlos Beltran smashed together. Right, but Cameron, I think, got the worst of it. 
They had witnessed, yes, uh, Cameron was placed on the disabled list after he broke his nose, sustained multiple fractures of his cheekbones, and had a concussion. I mean, just brutal. And these are major league players that get into a high-speed collision in the outfield. Beltran had a sore left shoulder, so I guess that means his shoulder drilled Cameron. Dude, it was scary. I feel like I was actually here that day working. It I'm was almost 2005, certain. August 12th. 16 years ago. Right, We're right. looking live. Looking live. Was you it think Jack that Murphy Stadium? I don't even remember. Yes. Do you think that guy's face still hurts? Yeah, it might. That's what I think, too. It sure might. You know, some wounds he never fully heal properly. I told you, I broke my collarbone. My collarbone still hurts me on rainy days. You think I could break your collarbone with my hands? I do. Yeah, I do. Really? Because the collarbone fused on top and didn't fuse together. When they when it uh, healed, it healed on top of one. The bone healed slightly on top of the other. So you can, if you actually rub my collarbone, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, if you go with a straight face, you got to be careful. If you go in for a massage, you go end up with a busted collarbone. On my right side, the collarbone is perfect, and it's just nice and even across. If you rub my left collarbone, it's like it's like an indentation. It's weird. Boneless, and it does when it when we have either a lot of humidity or when it's raining out. It does. It bothers me. Always yeah. has. Always has. And you're talking about a goofy injury, not that the collision in the outfield's goofy. In high, my I think it was summer league, junior year into senior year. I was playing for the St. John Vianney summer league team, and I hit a home run. It was the first one I ever hit, and I was so excited getting the dugout. Where you know, jumping up and down, tore my Achilles. <laughs> not funny, by the in way. In your home run celebration, yeah. I had a partial tear of my right Achilles, which, and it's still, and I think you've heard this before, like my Achilles snaps from time to time as I'm walking, hmm, and I'm that's from to, that. I'm trying to think if we had a pro wrestling match, would I go to work on your Achilles or, <laughs> or my collarbone? Or your collarbone. Probably the Achilles, because then you wouldn't be able to get around in the ring as much. I tell you, that, that pain, man, that was rough, because they put, because uh, it was a partial tear. I didn't rupture. It wasn't a full tear, and so they, they booted it. Uh, and I was in a boot for, actually, I had a full, I think I had a cast on, actually. And then I went to the walking boot. And when they took the walking boot off, they're like, all right, you got to teach your foot how to walk again. The first step I took, oh, my God, the stars that I saw, because it hadn't been stretched out in weeks. Brutal. Just then So, I, yes, go to work on the. Uh, would, on the. Yeah, I would definitely go to work on your Achilles. And I would set you right up for the figure four leg lock. Which <laughs> would, I would put all the pressure right on your Achilles. 5.52. We got one more segment to do. And then Boomer and Geo at the top right now. Radio.com Sports Minute. Amy Lawrence says sports getting closer and closer and closer to normal. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. All right, welcome back. A lot of college basketball today, as you can imagine, with March Madness. Uh, the Islanders beat the Devils in a shootout. Isles have won nine in a row. Nets, Knicks tonight, and Guillaume with the 22-pitch at bat. What else, Al? Jerry, we got a lot of conflicting news over the weekend, uh, starting Friday, whether A-Rod and J-Lo have broken up or not. Conflicting? I thought they broke up. That's what I heard no, uh, they, Carton they... Roberts talking about. Oh, yeah. No, Friday it was hot and heavy that they were broken up. It was over. Engagement called off. And then over the weekend, uh, both A-Rod and J-Lo said that they are, uh, quote, working through some things, oh, okay. but that those reports are inaccurate. Well, what, how do you always say, hey, good for them? It could, well, I don't, I don't care, think it's, quite frankly. <laughs> you don't. This no. isn't something you're following closely? No, no, You're not going to no. set up phone alerts for when new news comes out, I that don't, sort of thing? Hmm. No, I don't care. I'd rather watch J-Lo perform rather than worry about her private life. 
she's already being linked to Lenny Kravitz. See, that's the exactly. This is the problem. Like you know what these I'm saying? people, these celebrities just go from celebrity to celebrity. It never stays. See you in the morning. Spend your day with Boomer oh, and Geo, morning six to ten.